Hello and welcome to another episode of Save Station Radio, where this week we'll be discussing Prey 2006. I am your co-host Dustin, and with me is Connor. Hello there. Hi, how are you? I'm doing alright, just got done playing this weird, weird game. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. It's it's it was a fun time. You gathered pretty much all of our notes this week, so can, why don't you start off with some development facts and history and all that? Yeah, so uh, originally released July 11th of 2006 for PC and Xbox 360. It was developed by Human Head Studios, which had a couple games under their belt. I don't remember the specifics. I think it was Rune is the series that they worked on previously. But other than that, they kind of just help with some other stuff. Uh, They were under contract from 3D Realms at the time to make this game. Uh, And it was, of course, published by 2K. The Xbox 360 port, which, I don't know, this was the version you played, correct? Yes. This is the version I played as well. I played it off of an Xbox 360. I played it off of an Xbox One, but I don't think it mattered. Yeah, I think they're probably pretty similar. Other than maybe the time it crashed on me twice, but that could just be my old console. The Xbox 360 port was made by Venom Games. Uh, It was released for Mac on January 15th, 2007. The Mac port was by Aspire Media, and then it was ported to Linux December 7th of 2008. And that was uh, developed by Ryan C. Gordon, who I think was just the one guy that decided to just do it for Linux. So that's interesting. Good on you, Ryan. (laughs) Wow. Um, and then there's, in my research, I found there's a couple mobile versions of this game. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, for the record, we didn't look at any of these. Um, I looked at a little bit of gameplay version of one of them, but it looked really bad. And I was like, I'm not going to seek out an emulator just for this. Uh, there's three versions. There was Prey Mobile 3D, which was developed for Brew, a binary runtime environment for wireless. Think like uh slide phones god um that era um maybe early early touch screen but like mostly those slide phones that was december 12th 2007 uh there's a version called prey evil uh which was developed for the zebo uh the zebo is like a console that could run like versions i think they're like upgraded j2me versions or maybe like early this would have been like early mobile game stuff. Uh, the Zebo was primarily in like, I want to say like Brazil and Portugal was where it was mainly circulated. Anyway, Prey Evil is what it's called there. The May 25th of 2009 and then June 4th of 2009 was Prey Invasion, which was released for iOS. They're all first person shooters. They are all 3D. They just look varying levels of jank. <laughs> It reminds me of that um that old iOS Bioshock port. Do you remember that? Oh God, no, I do not remember that. Yeah, they ported Bioshock to iOS devices. It's not up anymore, unfortunately, but interesting for sure. This game has such an interesting, like, rich history of development, and I I had no idea about any of this stuff. Yeah, so this game. Obviously, it came out in 2006. It was in development for around, like, 11 years. <laughs> yeah, damn. Um, and if the name 3D Realms rings any bells, that's the company that did Duke Nukem, and therefore Duke Nukem Forever, which also took a long time to develop. And we'll get into that. It's share some similarities. Uh, so in 1995, the game Prey was announced by 3D Realms to showcase a new engine. They were thinking of doing something similar to how Unreal worked for Epic Games. I don't think they knew about that at the time, but that was kind of like, if you think about how this would pan out, it's similar to that. Right, because isn't the, um, I don't know much about Duke Nukem, but that engine is, like, like, peop- like the, lots of games ran on that thing. So that is logical. Yeah, so they were looking to upgrade that to a new version and have that be like a huge showcase the for it. build engine? Right. I think it's called the build engine, the Duke Nukem 3D engine. Yes, that sounds that sounds right. They got Tom Hall, who you might recognize as one of the key founders of id back in the day. He worked on Commander Keen, Wolfenstein 3D, Spear of Destiny, and Doom. Uh, after Doom, he got into some disagreements with John 
the other John, not John Romero. Carmack? Um, yes, that's the one. <laughs> Forgetting my Johns. Uh, John, he got in some disagreements with John Carmack on which direction Doom should go. Uh, so he jumped ship to 3D Realms, worked on Duke Nukem 2 and Duke Nukem 3D. Uh, and then he was put in charge of designing the early concepts for Prey. Uh, a year in, in 1996, he kind of threw up his hands and ditched the project. He left to form Ion Storm with John Romero and just abandoned the project. He did have some ideas like laid the basis of what the game would become but didn't really do any work past that uh to my knowledge so in the second round of design they brought in and i'm gonna butcher this name i'm sorry of paul um shutema uh he took tom hall's alien abduction theme that he came up with uh he put it on a massive ring world that was inhabited by four different races. Uh, three we don't know the name of because they were never documented. And one was called the Keepers. We know that one. Uh, he also made the main character a Native American hero named Talon Brave. Uh, this was, again, like 1996. So you can kind of picture. There's a, a couple early screenshots from magazines. But yeah, it has that early, like, looks very much like the original Quake. Has that sort of low poly look to it, which I'm I'm into. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Definitely had a look. This this totally reminds me of our uh, our Eternal Darkness episode where we talked about the N sixty four version. And you can go see yeah, some of that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely has that same vibe. The previous gen version of this game. Yeah. So at E three, either nineteen ninety seven or nineteen ninety eight, I couldn't really. I don't know if I really got a feel for it. Um, no, hold on, that's not right. Cut that out. <laughs> no, it's at- Oh, it stays. Oh, no. At E3 1997, this was the interview I pulled. They also showed it at 1998. That's why I got tripped up. 1997 was where this interview came from. Uh, Shutema showed off the engine's portal technology, which you could link two areas of the level together. So you just walk through it, which was crazy unheard of at the time. Um, I pulled an interview from Infinite Megahertz, which was a TV, a local gaming TV thing on cable tv in new england (laughs) awesome um someone had the interview thankfully someone had the interview uploaded on youtube um you can go watch it and i'll leave a link to it but yeah uh he's showing off the portal technology and how they have dynamic reflections for the enemies and stuff and it's it's crazy impressive for 1997 uh and they were developing this engine of course to be their big showcase thing they were also planning on using it for duke nukem 5 which was set to be the game after duke nukem forever back when duke nukem forever was still gonna be a 90s game Uh uh-huh yeah that um i didn't pull the whole duke nukem forever uh history but that's a wild ride god yeah I don't think you could pay me to play that game. You know what? I take that back. You could definitely pay me to play that game. I'm sorry. <laughs> Duke Nukem Forever? I will accept money for that. <laughs> you heard it here. Just send send us some money. We'll play Duke Nukem Forever. Uh, they were planning on using it for Duke Nukem 5, but obviously that didn't happen. They came up with a bunch of technical problems, and the engine wasn't working the way they wanted to. And uh, you'll If you see in the interview, they're also talking about how it'll run on like older hardware it seems like that just kind of didn't pan out for them. There's a programmer, William Scarborough. Uh, he's quoted as saying, uh, I coded what was going to be the Prey engine for the game Prey from 3D Realms. There was an exodus of people from the team, including myself, and the engine has since been scrapped. And then later on in that quote, in hindsight, portal tricks should, such as these should be used as tricks, not as an engine paradigm. <laughs> This quote was from 1999. I couldn't find an exact source, but I believe it to be a forum conversation from 1999. But in 1998, either late 1998 or 1999, Prey was put on indefinite hold um, from that point on. Damn. Yeah, really brutal. Especially the, that quote of portal tricks should not be used as an engine paradigm. And then from 1999 and then you look forward to this game coming out in 2006 uh portal coming out in 2007 (laughs) like it definitely evolved oh it's wild into you know to tangent a bit 
the portal stuff like the fact that they were playing with that in the 90s and like yeah portal obviously you know those those games obviously but like even looking at stuff like you know the new ratchet and clank which appears to be doing like dimension shifting stuff and like it gets wild how kind of far ahead of its time that stuff is oh yeah especially for like 1997 was when they were showing this stuff off i'm like this is like really technical stuff which is probably why it didn't end up panning out to be a whole game because it's really technical to pull off on a large scale so designing your engine around trying to get that to work back in 1997 must have been extremely difficult but in 2001 3d realms restarted their development they kept you know the design areas and the portal stuff but they knew that the modern game engines coming out at the time had portal stuff already working uh so they could just license that and they didn't have to develop an engine around it so they were like okay this can actually work now our previous hang-up is mitigated 3d realms chose the id tech 4 engine to develop the game in uh, which was the same engine used for doom 3 as well as like a ton of other stuff and then they commissioned human head studios to develop it and they used the same design with the alien invasion stuff and the native american hero they used all that and then developed the game we have now super fascinating stuff i I had no idea this was like a development hell you know like nightmare game for them uh which is unfortunate because we'll see that again throughout the series like what a wild thing yeah it's wild to see how it sort of came through especially since uh and i bring up the point that it was made in the same engine as doom 3 because this game feels a lot like doom 3 oh my god yeah like, I, I didn't look at the engine when I first started the game, and, like, it, and I think you mentioned it when we were talking about it, you're like, this feels like Doom 3, and I was like, yes, it does. Like, it is so, it has that weight to everything, both the weight, but also simultaneously no weight, you know what I mean? Like, like it feels like yeah, when you shoot that. stuff, there's impact, but, like, your character itself feels floaty. Like, like it's such a specific game feel, and this, you could have told me this was a weird Doom spinoff, and I would have believed you, based on that, like... So yeah, I think strange. especially the the way the lighting and textures work look, remind me a lot of the way Doom 3 was set up. Uh, it has that sort of, I don't know, it's it's really hard to describe, but if you look at footage of the two like side by side, you could definitely tell that these are the same engine and that they were developed around like a similar time period i forget exactly when doom 3 came out but it's a couple years earlier because it was on the previous gen yeah but just kind of use reusing that technology for this game i can definitely see that Well, to kind of carry on through that then, um, just to talk about just in a general review sense, um, and, and just talk about the visuals, I am pleasantly surprised by how how it looks. Like, I think the sort of interiors, the, like the places you are in, in the main thrust of the game in the spaceship look pretty damn good. Yeah, they don't look bad at all. There's um, a lot of detail of, not just texture detail, but like model detail. I found a lot of the models to be like, pretty high poly for what the for especially for the time period and how it how well it runs on the hardware uh, a lot of the doors are like really intricate and uh, there's screens that show like moving images all over the place and it looks really impressive and kind of it still holds up today i think yeah well and you say high poly that's interesting i i wouldn't say that personally i i think it's all down to art direction because i i it, granted we are playing the 360 version so you know take that with a grain of salt but like to me it was like no this this looks a little muddy but like the art makes it like the art elevates it and it's it's an example of why good art direction is is so important because like yeah on its own this game i don't think it looks that great but like just the the sort of interior design and and their whole aesthetic it that part holds up and that part is super impressive the only place where i and i say this because the only place where you can tell that this is an old ass video game there's an environment that i won't spoil but i will say it's more naturalistic uh it's supposed to look like a place on earth and that environment looks like garbage <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it definitely they had the focus of the alien setting and they really leaned into that and it worked out 
Yeah, so anytime you you know you leave that setting for a moment, you can really tell. You could be like, "Oh, this is a this is a." It doesn't even look like a 360 game. It looks like an Xbox original game. Yeah, um, you also notice that when you look at some of the character faces. Oh yeah, that's the other thing is the character models are awful. Yeah, I think the main character, uh, uh, Tommy, he looks all right. You know, there's that scene at the beginning where he looks in the mirror. Uh, I also think Grandfather Anisi looks all right sometimes jen's face looks really bad though yeah um you know and it's not a game that's really focused on that there's only a couple scenes where you'll see them but yeah (laughs) they're not looking so good uh we should probably recap the premise here it's it's a very very simple game um you are essentially you are you are tommy you basically start the game waking you know you basically start the game in a bar bathroom uh this is a bar presumably run by your girlfriend jen you're at the bar for a little bit, some stuff happens, and then you get abducted by aliens, and you are all captured, and then Tommy escapes, and now he's hunting down, he's trying to find Jen, basically. Uh, yes, and then, uh, he gets in, he's, um, uh, Cherokee himself, so he, and he's sort of lost touch with his, uh, heritage and his culture, and that's, like, a big part of the story, is him trying to reconnect with it as it grants him you know supernatural uh gameplay powers but that's also a key part of the plot that uh is definitely something that unravels through the game but the overarching plot of just stop the aliens that's just that's basic video game stuff yeah it it really is like stop the aliens get girl (laughs) is the uh you know, it's the it's about as video gamey as you get. Yeah, totally. We want to touch on um, some of the cultural aspects of this. We, you know, it, it, this is just to be honest. We we are not equipped to tell you whether that this does a great job of representing um, Cherokee culture. We we are white people. We have no connection to that stuff. You know, we'll we'll, we'll touch this again at the end of the show. But there's a couple recommended viewings that you found. Um, talking about representation in games and talking about this game specifically um, the stuff you found seems to be pretty positive on it but you know take all that with a grain of salt that's not everybody's perspective yeah from what i can gather they did do some take some steps to avoid doing the regular just the basic like stereotypes that a lot of video games do and sort of try to portray it in a more like human aspect rather than specifically the culture while still using the culture and respecting it uh they had a couple people namely the all the voice actors are actually indigenous people and that's super cool apparently the main voice actor did give the studio notes to like change some things and they took that very seriously uh, from what I understand, it's pretty good representation, but I'm not the person to speak on that. It should be someone else. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I do have a couple links that will uh, leave. But And I do want to give them props for having, you know, actual voice actors that represent those characters, because that's something that, well, in not just video games, animation too, hasn't really started doing until the last couple of years. Like, so that is like a wildly progressive thing for the time, so. Yeah, well, and there's a couple of moments like right at the start where they're at the bar, uh, which his girlfriend runs. There's a huge like, just to give you an example, there's a stereotype of uh, Native people being just drunkards. Yes, they started a bar. Yes, his girlfriend runs a bar. Uh, No one in the scene other than the two drunk white people... (laughs) None of the like main characters are drinking and they don't get drunk or whatever. They just they just run the bar and then, you know, a plot unhappens. But uh, so they sort of steer away from that, which I thought was uh, and they continue to do that, I think, through the game. So, yeah. And I do want to invite people, um, you know, at either at the Save Station account or, you know, you can get us personally on Twitter if you do have thoughts and feelings about that. So specifically, if we get anything wrong, please let us know. You know, my oh, DMs yes, are please. open personally. You know, that's yes. that's something I'm always willing to accept and listen to. But yeah, let's talk about that that you know, <laughs> cheesy like that corny ass plot because <laughs> it is so. This video game is so 2006. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a that's a thought I couldn't shake my whole playthrough. I'm like, oh this game God. really could not come out any other year <laughs> because just like considering exactly what it is 
it couldn't be previously it's doing too much advanced stuff for that but it couldn't be later because it still kind of feels like it it's really a very 2006 video game it it totally you know it, it came out in that time like before we expected good writing and acting you know what i mean um and that's not to say this has bad acting or anything it's corny but um but you know like it has that vibe of like the story is important sure but it's not the important thing right like like i would say that stuff wasn't expected till like the middle of the 360 gen when people were like hey if you don't nail this stuff we're, we're dinging you on it um and you could tell this was before that and it's so it's just so 2006 like it screams it at you and just the way voice lines are recorded even where it feels like low quality in a way that you're like yeah i forgot video games used to be this yeah they weren't quite as high standards as we have now yeah where you can like you can tell this is like a shitty mic in a recording studio whereas now you know it's it's so much different even for lower budget releases like it's just so like if you want to play a time capsule this is the one it's pretty wild honestly and so all of that that may sound negative i really had a great time with it oh yeah it's corny in all the right ways it's not corny in a way that distracts from i mean the gameplay kind of leans into that too where it's like this is a shooter it's you know it's just a regular old shooter but it's in a way that's like the jankiness of it is charming in a sense i i, I agree completely it's it's a fun time. Um, you know, I do think there's one moment where they try to have some emotional connections and they try to really punch above their weight with that stuff. and It just does not work at all. It just doesn't feel like it has the importance it should have. Um, but like the rest of the experience, I, I really enjoyed for its corny bullshit. <laughs> it is full of corny bullshit. Yeah, it's I mean, we basically just describe the plot. You get taken you get abducted you get taken to an alien planet i guess it might just be a giant spaceship uh it's called the sphere and then pretty early on you learn that they're harvesting humans for food or fuel or whatever they need it's not not really (laughs) explained that well uh i mean it's like there but like not super you just know that they're doing bad things to humans and that's really all you need to just go shoot them all yep uh yep and then that's about it you go find the the head honcho and you kill them and uh then you watch the credits and then it sets up for a sequel (laughs) yeah um by the way talking about the 2006 stuff that song in the credits like just (laughs) god so good you know i love like like, i was jamming but like it is so everything about this um but before we get too far into that i do want to say that intro is fantastic like oh yeah to uh to it is one of the few things that i think does step above the corniness i mean it's corny but like once the stuff starts happening because the intro is you know it's like 10 minutes it happens and then you get abducted like getting abducted to don't feel the reaper (laughs) that stuff is super strong visually and it really hits all the notes of a good set piece and like i you know that that is a legitimate fantastic moment that i do feel like holds up in a cool way i actually uh quite liked even which uh, by the way that scene where you get abducted from the bar uh i was blown away by just like how many license tracks they were able to get for this game (laughs) yeah there's a jukebox that you can go interact with and scroll through all of the tracks and i'm like oh wow they they paid for a lot of this huh yeah like the only one that's really uh, prominently featured is uh, don't fear the reaper (laughs) like it's it's a really um interesting thing because like i guess the song at the end of the credits i don't even know what that song is but like uh i think that game that um that song was composed for the game that makes sense on their, on their album as well that the makes artists, sense the band's album later uh but after that where you get after you get abducted and you're kind of all going through the ship and seeing various things and then after you get break free and are allowed to roam around the hallways uh, I really liked that of just building up the sort of setting. And then once you are actually thrown into like combat, then you kind of already have a feel for the stakes. Uh, it's just subtle, like the building up, ramping up to actual gameplay rather than just, okay, go. Uh, I think that was actually ex- executed 
relatively well. Yeah, I agree. Um, and to talk about the combat, like I said, I, I I think the Doom Three comparison is so real. The weapons you have feel like they have punch, like they they feel good, but your movement feels so floaty and weird. Um, it's not necessarily bad or anything. It's just interesting. I really love how all the weapons are half machine, half organic. Yeah, you don't find any human weapons in this game, that's for sure. No, they're all like weird alien creature-y things. They're, they're really cool, uh, and I think the arsenal is good too. It, and I think that that just feeds into the core combat nicely. But the thing I really want to give it credit for is just, it's what you could call gimmicks, which I think is fair, of like, you were constantly like upside down or, you know, on the wall, and enemies are popping out of portals all around you. It just looks awesome. There were lots of times where, because the, the camera doesn't show you upside down, you know, it shows you right side up so you don't get sick. But, like, there are times where I'll be on the floor and an enemy will be on the ceiling, but I don't realize that right away. So I'll shoot the enemy and it'll fall down. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm on the floor. That's sort of where you're walking on the ceiling and then you shoot a guy and they fall off of the ceiling. Like, that's just, I just love that sort of sense of space it gives you. Yeah, it's really cool. And you walk on the ceiling, by the way, with basically Ratchet and Clank, like, Magnus strips things. Like, it's honestly exactly the same thing as in those games. Which is, yeah, but it, it looks really neat visually. I really gotta give that props. Like, it, it makes the combat feel dynamic in a way that, like, honestly, probably truly it isn't. It's kind of just a visual trick, but it really worked for me. Yeah, I mean, anytime an enemy is at a different, like height than your standard just walking then yeah that's gonna get you to move around and like pay attention a little bit more uh not the most deep like shooter mechanic like every game does that but uh having that sort of extra layer of just having like a different perspective of the enemies uh in relation to you i think is it does give it a little bit more flair than it normally would Right, so we do, we need to talk about this game's other um, other stuff so, of the other gameplay mechanics. Um, what is the what is it called? The spirit stuff. Just spirit stuff. It's fine. Spirit stuff. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, essentially you can leave your body at any point, and you have a bow and arrow, and you could. It, it basically you're like a ghostly spirit figure, um, and. You could do that at any point during gameplay. I didn't really find it useful in combat. I don't know if you did. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly used to open doors and, you know, to, like, there'll be pathways that are in the spirit, that when you're in the spirit mode, you'll be able to use that you can't when you're just normal human. But the big thing about that and the cool thing is this game doesn't really have a penalty for death because what'll happen is you you lose all your HP and then you'll spawn in this sort of other spiritual dimension thing. And I apologize for not remembering the correct name for it. The idea is you spawn there with your bow and arrow in your spirit form. And you shoot these, they're called death wraiths. And there are blue and red ones. And the blue ones refill your spirit gauge and the red ones refill your health bar. So you just do that for like a couple seconds. And you only have a couple seconds to do it. And then it'll spawn you back where you died. And so you're back in the fight immediately it kind of reminds me of a more active version of like bioshock's vita chambers chambers if you remember that yeah yeah i can see that where it's a shooter we're without much punishment for death it more just teleports you to this area where you have to you do have to i guess you have to earn your health bars back and stuff but like it's really easy to do yeah and it does make this game super easy it's probably one of the easier games we've played for the show Oh yeah, for sure. The, Which is not a bad thing. I, I will say that having this sort of extra spirit dimension, it spawns you over there, but it's there's no, like, like you just die, there's the death scream, and then you're spawned there, which does mean that that room is always rendered somewhere. <laughs> you ever think about that? I did, and I was actually, and we were kind of turning around this episode in a space where I didn't do a bunch of research, so apologies for that. I was going to see if there was a Boundary Break episode on it, and I didn't. Just a failure on my part. Because, like, yeah, I, I'm sure it's somewhere below the map. Well, the the other really cool thing I noticed was uh, in this spirit dimension, you get to see your body floating up above, and then you shoot the things, and the, all the little spirit orbs fly into your body. Mm -hmm. uh, once enough of them have, spawned, have collected, your body will begin sinking into the pit, and the pit will begin sucking your spirit form in as well. You can actually go against that pit and stay in a little bit longer if oh. you still need to shoot more things. I never tried that. 
yeah, so there's a couple times where I wanted to just get a little bit more for my spirit gauge. So I'd like push up, push against this current just to stay in and shoot a couple more things. Then once you get sucked into the pit, you respawn. If you actually look down the pit, you can see the floor where you died. Oh, that's <laughs> really it's the cool. same floor. Yeah, it's really interesting. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, and then it just plonks you right back there and then all the enemies are still shooting at you and you keep on playing the game. That's really cool. So the powers are the powers are interesting and neat. I will say I do have problems with them. I think the spirit stuff not killing you is cool, but it does mean that there's literally no punishment for dying, which again makes this game super easy and I do feel like there was a couple moments where I'm like I do wish this was pushing back a little bit cuz it is such a breeze. Yeah, there is a hard mode to the game, but I don't know what that would do. Yeah, and I also assume in 2006 it would be like every other hard mode, which would just make you take more damage, which would not solve the problem. Yeah, you'd just be in the spirit realm a lot more. It feels like one of those things where like you would need like a limit on how many times you could enter the, the spirit realm. Or like, you know, maybe if you lost all of your spirit gauge before you did it, then you'd die and have to reset to check. But you know, you need something like that. That's what I thought was the case that you, as long as you had spirit energy, then you could respawn that way. But I did too. But no, no if, it's not. if your spirit meter's depleted, you still do it. So I think, yeah, something like that where you would have to monitor how much you use your spirit gauge to, you know, save it so that you could then respawn easier. Uh, or something where, like, if you go there, you lose some of your ammo and then you have to find more and just some sort of like punishment for dying. Cause right now it's like, you die okay cool give me a couple seconds i'll just be back yeah it's it's a really strange thing um that's your violence remain very moment like that's a critique from me but i know some people just might be like i'm fine with the easy ass shooter which is totally fine yeah i didn't mind it honestly yeah it, no it, it didn't <laughs> kind of a cakewalk it, it wasn't a it didn't ruin the experience or anything but it is a criticism i have the other one that i think is a legit annoying to me is the sort of spirit mode while you're just in level um when you leave your body hey it looks really cool to be, to be fair, like your body floating up. And even when you die, when they kill you and you're just still there and you see your body ragdoll, that's dope. But when you, when you use the spirit mode, 90% of the time you need to use it, it's just to walk through force fields and deactivate them. And the switch to deactivate them, like 90% of the time is right on the other side. So it, it just feels like complete missed opportunity to me. Yeah, there are a couple moments in the game where it is used in like a clever way where you have to leave your body somewhere, go flip a switch to move your body. It's like one, like, and there's I, like, I, I think three moments total where you have to do that. But uh, yeah, it needed a little bit, a lot more of those puzzles dealing with that. There's also a moment where you need to like run across the room to hit another switch, but you can just have the spirit mode hit one and then teleport back to your body and hit the other one. I, I expected puzzles like that throughout the entire thing. And, no, it's literally just to walk five feet, usually, and press a switch, which is, I think I think that is a legitimate shame, because that is a cool idea that they almost never do anything with. Other than that, um, yeah, I really like the portal stuff. Enemies portaling in is super cool. It's, like, there's weird two types of portals. Like, there's the portals, like, from Portal the Game, basically, that just show up out of nowhere. Um, I guess they don't have to be on surfaces, but... It, but they do and then there's like portals that are tied to boxes which are super weird yeah those ones are really interesting especially since you can like push them around yeah it, but it's weird like from a lore perspective like who are those for yeah i don't know maintenance workers i guess because yeah like storage like just expanded storage it's so but weird then that te like teleports into a hallway and you're like they're not storing things that yeah it's whatever by the way, the game never addresses this, but I guess, like, it's part of my headcanon that, like, the design of the ship is super up-down and all around. Like, it's super, it doesn't make any sense from a design sensibility, but I'm, like, in my head, I'm, like, it's like that because they can just portal anywhere, so they don't have to worry about design conventions. Yeah, they don't have to worry about making connecting hallways and doors and stuff. They could just be like, eh, whatever, this hallway's done. <laughs> I don't need to be here anymore. The game never addresses that, by the way, which I think is part of the reason why it just feels like a corny experience is it doesn't really build out a world ever. It's just kind of like it suggests things, but it doesn't really follow through with them. Yeah, it's just a video game level. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm totally. Okay totally. And it does the thing, too, with the portals where they'll just be like convenient ones to get you to where you need to go. <laughs> it's like, why is that there? Like, why did this portal in front of me end the level? You know, because yeah, it's just game. silly. It's just silly video gaming garbage. 
there's something else. Oh, the spherical worlds are cool. Um, in theory, I think in practice they don't really use them very well. But like the first time you get on one, it's awesome. Which I don't really want to spoil that moment. But yeah, it basically has like Mario Galaxy Ratchet and Clank style. Like you can walk around a sphere or like a asteroid <laughs> with the gravity, which is neat. Yeah, it does a lot of interesting stuff with just gravity changing in chambers. There's also in addition to like the the grav walk where there's a walkway that you stick to basically there's a couple moments where there are switches that will flip the gravity to whatever surface it is uh which there's a couple cool puzzles with that but yeah it's um it's interesting to see them do this sort of localized gravity which doesn't apply to all enemies some enemies just stay put and then they're on the ceiling now and yeah really clever uses some of that stuff yeah for sure all right, so if you are ready, I think it's time to move on to spoilers. Yeah, uh, this game's probably worth a play, I would say. If you're curious, obviously it's very 2006. You have to be aware of that going in, but uh, I don't know. If you find it at a shop and think it looks interesting, definitely check it out. If you've played the 2017 game and you want to see this other weird one, then you couldn't really go wrong. You played it off of the Xbox One uh, did you get it digitally? I did, because I could not find a physical copy. I will say, a bit expensive. It's $20, which feels, you know, 2021. A little steep for a, a 2006 a game, yeah. Yeah, um, but it is available there. It, it is kind of the best version to get, because the PC version is kind of weird. Like, it's not available on modern stores. You have to go find a key and hope it works, which kind of sucks. Or, or I guess you could go find physical copies of it. I guess it was around when that was a norm. But, yeah. Or it was on Games for Windows. That's not around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, so your best bet would be to go find a PC disc or, you know, just hope one of those sketchy-ass <laughs> code-selling websites works for you. I never trust those. I don't know why. Maybe they're fine. <laughs> it's the reason why I played the Xbox version. I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this. Yeah, the Xbox version's fine. It has it has an inconsistent frame rate, which is something I'm gonna talk about in a minute. In the first part of spoilers, for the most part, it'll it's fine. It didn't so it crashed on you during the end. It didn't crash on me once, and I don't know if that's because it's the Xbox One backwards compatibility stuff or what. Um but that's also something to be aware of. Yeah, uh the frame rate, yeah, was a little bit inconsistent on my end as well. Uh, it crashed twice, but not in a, it just like froze. <laughs> and then I had to restart the console to get it to load back in again. I don't know why this happened. I think one time it like spliced an enemy through a portal when I looked at it weird and it <laughs> didn't quite like that. Um, I can't remember what the first time was, but uh, it might've just been weird system overload from a once in a lifetime <laughs> happening of just physics messing up but right. who could say um and, and also just a heads up neither of us played the multiplayer mode um because i don't think it's around anymore yeah i don't know if there's an the online works anymore and we didn't try any system link console stuff yeah so that won't be a topic of discussion it did have it but yeah it just isn't really feasible but yeah so I, before we get to the spoiler section i'm going to talk about it first so people can listen if they need to and then turn off there's a thing that is technically a spoiler, a mechanic later on, but it is something I want to address and give everybody a chance to to listen to. It just might spoil something for you that made me a bit motion sick. So if that's a concern of yours, listen for a couple more minutes after the music when we talk about that, and then we'll warn you again when we move on to other things. But yeah, I do want to address that for anybody who might have those problems. Alright, so the, I, I don't remember what it's called, but the flying vehicle sections. Yeah, the shuttles. Yeah, um, it was fine for me for the most part, but there were a couple moments where they ask you to go straight up and then turn around, like go straight up and then go left or something. And for whatever reason, and I think it, it's a frame rate problem, it just made me pretty sick. <laughs> like, 
not puking or anything, but it was one of the few video game things that's ever made me go, oh, I need to look away for a minute. And I usually don't have that problem, and I do think it is an inconsistency in the frame rate from just looking up. Because uh, at that moment, too, it's like a skybox where you can see Earth. And so I, that could potentially be the problem, but I did want to give people that warning. Um, just in case you have motion sickness problems, that that vehicle stuff may be an issue for you. Yeah, I don't know if it was just um, like weird controls or frame rate or whatever, but uh, I I could definitely see what you mean. I don't know if I'm just used to it from playing a lot of weird zero G space games in my day, but yeah, it's definitely a concern that like if you are susceptible to that, that's it could be a little disorienting. But and you know, it only happened to me once, so it it really could just be a non-repeatable frame rate hitch. But I I just wanted to make sure. Because, like, you know, somebody might, that might cause somebody to stop them from playing the game. But, yeah, just to give that warning, and now we're going to get on to the rest of the actual spoilers. So, thank you for listening. All right. Favorite weapon. Ooh, this is tricky. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of them were really useful. I think the one I got the most use out of was just the basic um, machine slash sniper gun. Really? Yeah. I, I got a lot of use out of the sniper mode, but once I got the the better machine gun i basically just the one with the grenade launcher yeah uh it was also maybe just because i got really concerned about ammo for no reason because the basic the standard like sniper machine gun uh when it gets to when it runs out of ammo it actually recharges a little bit so that you always have ammo right it's like the pistol Uh, and doom or whatever well, the pistol in Doom just straight up has infinite ammo. This you can run out, and then you have to wait a little bit. But yeah, um, I felt like I just didn't want to waste the other ammo, which I know is like a me problem. But the other one I really enjoyed was the the leech gun. Yeah. The one where you could change its elemental property based off of what was on the walls. See, I didn't like starting that until you got to the last two elements, the lightning and then the like, I don't know what it was, but the laser energy. <laughs> yeah the laser the laser is awesome because it stops you like basically pushes you back it rules <laughs> yeah you could like it won't let you walk forward either <laughs> you have to it's push so great it. it's like it's pushing against you it it feels great i really like the the acid shotgun thing oh yeah i got a lot of use out of that one <laughs> that was fun yeah and in general the design of the weapons being sort of like living organisms <laughs> I really thought was cool and inspired and disgusting. Oh, yeah. All at once. When the gun wiggles in your hand, you know it's going to be a good video game. Yeah. Like, this is awful. Like, yeah, The only thing that really, like, compares in my brain is, like, some Half-Life weapons. But even Half-Life still has, like, regular-ass guns. This is like, no, all of them are going to wiggle. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Except for the wrench. The wrench is fine. Oh, yeah, the wrench. Yeah, I never use the wrench. <laughs> no, almost never. Just in that beginning area. I, I do want to call out, when you get that sort of chain gun equivalent, the other machine gun, I really enjoyed that moment. Because when we first, because it's a boss fight, and when you first get into that arena, it's such a bullet spongy enemy. I was like, fuck, I, I did not want this game to become this. But you get halfway done with the enemy, and then the you can you get his gun arm, or whatever. And yeah, that, you cut off his arm with the force field, and then you get his gun. And then that thing just melts through it. <laughs> it rules. It's such a great empowering moment. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, that's smart. Yeah, it's also great because then his attack is halved. He only has the one arm. Yeah, and that, that thing just like, like, like the thing is like powerful enough. It just chews through the rest of his health bar, and I'm like, yeah, this is cool. So yeah, shout out, shout out to that. Did you enjoy any of the boss fight stuff? Um, yeah, I thought they were all right. Mainly the, it was that guy who's then just kind of showing up in encounters towards the end of the game. Yeah, they devil may cry him, basically. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, because you already have the gun, you could just melt him. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, what, the ones at the end? That's like... Yeah, the keepers. Oh, yeah, the keepers that the first one has a health bar and then the, like, 12 after it don't. Well, and Jen, which is the worst boss fight of the oh, game oh yes that one's i thought there was going to be a lot more to that no it's really just shooter <laughs> yeah it's just shooter that was also the moment too where at the end of that boss fight when you have to the shooter of the head where i was like it does not have the 
the level of acting or writing to handle this. <laughs> like, it's like the one moment yeah. where it was a little like, I wish you hadn't have gotten there. Yeah, for the people that aren't going to play this game and are still listening to spoilers, there's a you're trying to rescue Jen for the whole game. Uh, she's like just being held, I guess. She's and... on the worst Disneyland ride of all time. <laughs> yeah, transported all across the ship. God, it's so funny, by the way, throughout the entire game, just like walking by walking by a hallway and then seeing her scream by you and I'm like, oh yeah, there's you. <laughs> oh yeah, we're chasing after her, I guess. <laughs> Stupid. Um, the last time that you meet up with her, she's in a, a, like a pod. And you're like, oh, we'll get you out. And then they open it and she's been half fused into an alien body. Yeah, it's also like... Her not a great design too i'm gonna be honest it's like one of the few things about the art i was like oh this this is just bad i don't know i thought it was all right but okay that's fair you fight that uh and then you have to kill her at the end to let her go (laughs) let her die and not be an alien body anymore and tommy's upset for all of two seconds (laughs) okay i mean yeah then he goes back to his regular revenge plot of just i'm gonna kill you because you're killing humans and also my grandfather and also now my girlfriend third on the list (laughs) yeah just (laughs) add her to the pile here we go we're still killing them yeah it's just it's just i just really wish they hadn't gone there like it should have just ended at the end of that boss fight it's just the fact that they're like now shoot her in the head like it's like a real dark moment and i just like oh it's not you guys (laughs) know Yeah, have like one of the flame pits just spontaneously erupt and kill her. Yeah, something. Just like making us do that feels like they're really trying to do something they're just not equipped for. Which is unfortunate, but again, it's it's quick. It's just, it just feels like, again, that lost potential where I'm like, well, you kind of showed us you wanted to do that, but didn't follow through. Just a weird moment. Uh, and honestly, an unsatisfactory end to that character. Yeah, she doesn't really do much. She's, she seems cool, and then she gets kidnapped, and then that's about it. <laughs> yeah, what about the other character? The What did you think about that moment? Eloit? Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked her as a character a lot. Like, she was cool. I like that she just kind of, like, portals you to her. And that there's, like, this ring of humans that's been there forever. That's been working from the underground to, to try to dismantle shit. Like, that was cool. From a story perspective, it's one of the few, like, lore things. I was like, oh, this is dope. Now, granted, why the enemy figures out they're there at the moment you're there just feels very convenient in the story. Because the enemy was tracking you, and then you walked into their hideout. <laughs> yeah, but, like, how? why are they tracking you and not them? Like, it, it just feels very... Yeah. It, it's very, this is how we progress the plot. Well, and there's, like, a throwaway line of, like, you led me right to them, and I'm like, I didn't really. <laughs> yeah, it's silly. But, yeah, I, I like the their you know thing I, I like her as a character she seems cool and badass even though we don't get to see that yeah she's respected by the other people in the club or whatever but, but just the implications of like oh they've been here forever and they're doing shit like that's cool uh another character that's not really a character is art bell you know about this guy i don't think so art bell hosted a real life radio oh paranormal okay. show. yes yes uh, he has uh, episodes of the real life paranormal show, only they're fictional and talking about the events of the game. Uh, and they play through speakers randomly throughout the spaceship for some reason. Yes. So this is a real this is a real world radio host human. Yep. Uh, he doesn't do the show anymore. But yeah, he had a real life paranormal and uh, extraterrestrial uh, radio show. That's fun. Yeah, they brought him on to do these fictional shows about stuff that's happening. That's fun. Those those shows, I, I, I had fun finding those. Um, you're right, they're just randomly playing. And they're also like nonsense where he gets people who are freaking out and he does not care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it basically starts to become clear that this shit is real and it just seems like he just shrugs it off. Yeah, he's like, all right, cool. Which is really funny. <laughs> um yeah, th- that's that's fun. Yeah, but that's this is the main part, main place where we get like most of the lore for the game. <laughs> so you're on this space station known as the Sphere, uh, and there's a bunch. I think a bunch of alien races. At least you fight a bunch of them, and they are like an advanced uh, civilization that goes to habitable planets and then starts life on them. Yes, this is the other lore thing that I think is actually kind of cool. 
yeah, so they go and they start organic life growing on the planet and then they leave and then they come back once the life has progressed far enough to be a suitable food or fuel source. And then they start harvesting them for food. Yeah, they're basically like future slaughterhouses or whatever. Yeah, and so humans are one of many planets that they've done this to. And now the humans are like, no, we don't want to do this. And they're like, stop resisting food. Yeah, and then like the the leader is basically an ancient human that basically chose this instead of death, which I also kind of like. Even if it's like, yeah, why she... would they choose a human to lead them? <laughs> well, it's the the mother, as she's called, is someone who did the same thing that Tommy did, where she fought back and then fought, fought all the way to the top and killed their leader, but then chose to just accept the sheer power that the sphere would give her, and then was, you know, just brainwashed to be the hive mind or whatever. Right. Um, which I, I do like that stuff. And there's also like a really cool line of dialogue. One of the cool bits of writing, like one of the very rare cool bits of writing in this game. I don't remember if it's her or it had to have been her. Or maybe it was like the one of the, that first keeper you fight who has dialogue. Somebody was like surprised. Like Tommy says he's a Cherokee warrior, I think. Like he calls mm-hmm. that out. And then they're like surprised by that. Implied that they're surprised that these, you know, that the humans... Or these creatures that to them they just left as food sources have like developed culture. That's kind of a cool implication to me. Yeah, they just hadn't stopped to really think about their food source has consciousness now. Yeah, like uh, that was like, like a sentience. cool bit of dialogue. That again is just an implication that they don't really expand on, which is a shame. Yeah, but honestly, it, I don't think it really needs to because the the core concept of the game, if it tried to flesh it out to be like a huge story point i feel like then it would start to show its cracks a lot more the fact that it's just the stupid thing that has good ideas in the background it's like okay i can get behind this um rather than it trying to like force it into the story yeah i mean you're totally right for a thing that already has a bunch of cracks it's that's a fair point obviously if it were developed to be something different then maybe you'd have a better chance of uh, correctly like fleshing these out into a bigger idea but uh as it is i i think it's fine i think it's fine to just leave these cool concepts and backstory to uh just to be in the background i also think it kind of works to the strength of the main character where if you're supposed to embody the main character the main character doesn't give a shit about any of this right yeah tommy himself doesn't care about the lore or the reason or like whatever he's just like i gotta go save my girlfriend and then i guess all the other humans like he doesn't care why he's just like i'm gonna kill him so you know having tommy not even think about it is like okay cool it's in the background if the player chooses to acknowledge it but it's not part of the story for a reason yeah and i and i guess too like if this game had got sequels like it was intended to you know, th- those things could have been addressed there, too, and maybe that was intentional that they didn't touch this stuff. Shout out to the cube puzzle, which I guess not really a puzzle because you don't have to think about it. But like that moment where you're in the cube and you have to direct the light around the thing by changing the gravity. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Yeah, that's fun. And then the other one, which I alluded to earlier, when you first get onto one of the asteroids, but it's like a tiny one in a case. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Which that. Which they never play with the scale. like. Yeah, I totally forgot that you could you shrink down. Yeah. And then one of the aliens walks up to you, and it's like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah, one of the aliens walks in the room, and you're in the display case, and it's freaking huge. And then there's a bunch of little guys on the planet that you're fighting. Yeah, it's such a weird like thing that they never touch again. It's so much so that I forgot about it until you mentioned it again. Yeah, it, it stuck out to me because I'm like, God, this is a cool thing. And they never, never try it again. Yeah, I don't know if there's any other specific moments. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything really specific. I felt like this game has a level structure. There's uh, 22 levels in the game and each level doesn't overstay its welcome. It's literally just no a couple minutes like five ten minutes at most and then the level ends there's a load screen which by the way why is there music in the load screens 
oh, distracts me every off. time. There's like this loud action music for yeah. every load screen. I'm like, what the heck? 2006. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, at least there, it's not friggin there's not as many as sonic 06 it's literally just the start and the start of the level that's it yeah i mean i think it it keeps a nice pace going it's not overly long it's only like what six six hours yeah probably. i'd say so I, I i we probably should address that earlier like that, i thought that was so refreshing like i like the bite-sized levels and the um stuff like in fact there was one late late game one level that i thought went on for too long but it was the only time in the game where i felt that yeah for sure which is, uh, it was one that was pretty easy to pick up and play like i paced it out where i would play a couple levels and then turn it off and then come back to it and play a couple levels and turn it off and uh it's it's keeps its pace going and its story chugging that you're like okay i feel comfortable and just stopping and starting all over the place yeah it, it i think it dulls out weapons slow enough but quick enough to never feel boring i don't know yeah it, it does a pretty good job at pacing its stuff there's that one really weird like moment where you get a health upgrade at the end of the game it's like <laughs> which threw me for a loop because it changes the color of your health bar and i thought yeah oh, totally. well, it depletes and then you have a second health bar no when that depletes you die <laughs> it's like wait a minute huh yeah my first health bar depleted and i died no it's just bigger i guess it's just weird <laughs> like um but yeah i i i I really enjoyed the the experience as a whole yeah it's it's interesting at least to me just being sort of the person that i am it's interesting playing it both as you know a dumb sci-fi shooter but also just as this weird time capsule of 2006 uh and also like a weird capsule of not only just like the gaming culture at the time but just kind of what the developers were going through and then where the series could have gone after that, which knowing what we know now obviously wasn't the case, but kind of just as a piece of history, I also enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, don't get us wrong. Like if you've never played these games, this, the next game that we are going to play called prey has no relation to this thing. <laughs> like It is kind of wild actually. So this, this game unfortunately did not see sequels, which is unfortunate especially because they they do the marvel shit at the end of this game <laughs> they're like prey will yeah, continue after the credits they're like wow look uh, another game <laughs> yeah they they give you a post-credit scene and then literally it says prey prey will continue you know like <laughs> like captain so america will return or whatever it's like no no it won't it won't <laughs> <laughs> i mean it will but not the way you think in name only which is which is kind of a bummer like i, I mean i love that game as we'll talk about next time but like it is it is a shame that this world never got to see more uh and we'll we'll talk about that next episode because there was a prey too that we got to see parts of but that never saw the light of day unfortunately yeah and it's also kind of a bummer that since that new game is also prey and uses that intellectual property as just like i guess just a setting not even really no uh it means that there's really no hope of seeing another game a sequel to this one no i think or at best maybe done with it maybe microsoft will fund a remaster yeah that's the best we can hope for for that but i doubt it yeah i wouldn't i would like it would be a night dive project and that's about it yeah totally um but yeah interesting game Yeah, of course, logically, we will talk about Prey 2017 next, which I'm very excited about. Uh, that is a banger of a game. If you missed it, we just did a little bit of a run-through for the Little Nightmares games. Um, one, two, and then we also did the mobile game in the report that went out between those episodes. So if you're curious about that, check that out. Um, to follow the show and to look for any scheduling updates or anything like that, you can follow us at Save Station Pod on Twitter. Connor runs that. Uh, so check that out. And then, Connor, where can they find you? I'm at Conifer SSR. I almost said my old one. Isn't that wild? Uh, where can they find you? 
Uh, you can find me at Dustin H. Dragon on Twitter. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed the episode. A little bit of a shorter one, but it's it's honestly not that. There's not that much to talk about with this game, but like next game, I. I mean, honestly, I don't know actually. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a a trip though. Yeah. Um, you know, just uh, not to hype everybody up too much, but if you haven't played that next game, it's real fucking good. Yeah, you should play it. <laughs> yeah totally and, and if you're really curious play this one because this one's fun yeah yeah even with us spoiling it like we said it the story is so formulaic in most spaces anyway like it's fine all right bye everybody remember to be good to each other always yeah and take care bye, bye.